If you have your Bible, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, looking at verses 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. All right, here we go. It says this, <clears throat> For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I uh, have been starting to do this when I teach students on Wednesdays. I give them the point up front so that they don't spend the whole time guessing what I am trying to tell them. And so I figured I'd do the same thing with y'all. The point that I want you to hear this morning, that I feel like God spoke to me this week as I prepared for this, is this. It's not about you. It's not about you. And as we break down these verses, I think that you will get just the same thing. But first, I want to tell you about my little boy. His name is Luke. He is uh, almost two years. He's like 20 months right now or something like that. He's one. I like to say he's one because um, there's all sorts of ages between one and two. But he's one. Um, and uh, being a dad, raising him has been awesome. Um, can y'all turn the lights on? Sorry, Gavin. I have to call you out. My bad. I just can't see y'all. And I like to see y'all's face, you know. Um, he, he, he's been uh, awesome raising and, and, and seeing him grow and develop and, and learn. And uh, now he's talking and it's so much fun. Um, but what I've seen as I've watched Luke, and you like, I know this about kids, right? What I've seen up front, close hand, is how childish he is, how immature he is. He's playful. But above all else, he is selfish, right? He is incredibly, incredibly selfish. A couple of his favorite words, uh, we've got car. He loves car. It's like his filler word. He doesn't know what to say, car. Um, he's got mama and daddy. Daddy, that's what he says. I like it. It's cute. He loves uh, buddhas. Those are bananas. I don't know, but buddhas. But then two of his favorite words that aren't our favorite words are no and mine. No and mine. Uh, he cries when he doesn't get his way, and he whines when he wants something until he gets it or we distract him enough that he doesn't want it anymore. And truly, Luke can only think about himself. He's never thought about what I want, what his mom might want. It's only been himself, and we see his selfishness so much, especially in kids. They have no filter. They have no way to control their emotions. They just, it is what it is, right? And truly, if we look at our, ourselves as adults, oftentimes we're kind of the same way. We're just better at controlling our emotions, and we're oftentimes selfish in the same. Yes, we can care for someone and, and, and think about other people, but oftentimes our thoughts are selfish. And the world that we live in in 2022, it doesn't seem to, to help that. Um, I was just thinking about social media and how this plays into it. And, and some people use social media, and they like try and make a better them. They, want, they use it to create a better Zach, if you will, um, to express to the world. But sometimes people just, 
they use social media the way they're supposed to. They share about their lives and um, what's going on. And the reality is, is it typically portrays a better you no matter what, because you're not going to post a picture of yourself on a bad hair day, right? And not all of y'all are as blessed as me. I never have bad hair days. But truly, social media, we oftentimes share um, things that only look good, that, that make us look good, and um, we're often pretty selfish people. And so I think that's where I've landed. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, as we look at it, the message that I want you to get this morning is it's not about you. Uh, as we read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, you, you've probably heard some of these verses and oftentimes, uh, these verses, how you, how you um, interpret them, tend to, to, to shape your theology. And there's been some big names that have put out their theology and used these, ver- these verses. And oftentimes, when you read it, you can fall on a scale, um, maybe the Calvinism to Arminianism scale, depending on how you read them and understand them and interpret them. Um, and If you had that thought, I wanted to remind you of our core value number one, which is biblically based. And in the uh, the definition of biblically based and what that means to us here at Katie's First, the very last part of that says this, only trusting in the Savior of Scripture and never systems made by man. And so while those might be good tools to, to look at, to help understand uh, who Jesus is and, and what our theology might be, we're not to, going to cling to either of those. We're going to cling to Scripture. And so as I began to look at these, th- this text and these verses and figure out what might the Lord want to share with us, there's a phrase in the middle of these at the very end of verse 9 that says, "...so that no one can boast." so that no one can boast. And I think the beginning of this text and the end of this text, what Paul is trying to say is it's not about you. You see, if we were to take uh, a look at our lives, if you're a believer in this room, there's a clear dividing line in your life. And that line, that dividing line in your life would be the moment that you put faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because before that was pre-salvation, and as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And so the point of salvation in your life is a clear dividing line of my old self and my new self in Christ. And as we look at these three verses, I think there's a pre-salvation or the moment of salvation and a post-salvation, what my life looks like now that I have a life in Christ. But either way, the message stays the same. It's not about you so that no one can boast. And so I want to look at pre-salvation first. And uh, in addition to what I'm going to say here, it would be great if you went to YouTube this afternoon and you looked at last week's sermon in which Coleman preached on the first seven verses here and how he laid out our state as human beings pre-salvation before we knew Jesus. And so let me just remind you of it. It's verses 1 through 3 of Ephesians, and it says this, As for you, 
pre-Jesus, pre-salvation, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time. All of us used to live there because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. So it says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. And then right here, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Objects of wrath. That, that is the, the state of a human being that does not know Jesus. They are dead in their transgressions and sins. They gratify their sinful natures, and they are objects of wrath being used by the enemy, being won over by the enemy. And then it leads us to verse 8 this week, where it speaks to the moment, the point of our salvation, and it says, For it is by grace that you've been saved. Not, not, not by your works, but by the grace that God has offered you. By that grace that he's offered you through your faith and not of your works, that is what brings your salvation. And he goes on at the, at the end, uh, it's, or, or verse 9, and he says, It is a gift of God. Uh, a great verse that all of us have heard or, or something along the way. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. What does this mean? Wage. What is a wage? If you have a job and you work your hours or you do your job, you earn a wage. You get an income for what you did. And so what's being said here is that what you earn for your sin is death. Eternal death. That's what you've earned. But the gift of God, a God who's rich in mercy who loves you more than you can imagine. You can go read verse 4. But, God, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. God is a gift, a free gift of salvation offered to you. And there's nothing that you have done to earn that gift because it's not about you. Your salvation is not about you. But it's about Jesus and what Jesus did when he came to earth and he died on the cross and he rose again three days later. That's what it's about. And if you're in this room and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, here in a couple minutes I'm going to finish talking and I'm going to come stand right here. We're going to sing another song. And if that's you that need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the first day of spring of 2022 is a great day to do that. And we'd love to walk you through that process and help you um, and help you make that decision. And so come see me. I'll be right down here once we finish. Well, that's pre-salvation and the, the moment of our salvation. It's not about us. It's all about what Jesus did for us to save us, his grace saving us. But what about post-salvation? Well, we look at the end of this, this text here, and verse 10 is so rich. Let's just read it again. It says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus 
to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. A couple different things here. The first thing he says is we're God's workmanship. Does anyone like create things, build things, or Etsy people? Dennis, he's like, yeah. We're like, yes, Dennis, we understand. It's awesome. It's amazing, right? He creates stuff, and when you create something, you own that thing. It's yours. And when you create something, you create it with a purpose. I mean, even Forky off of a Toy Story had a purpose, right? You create something, you own it, and it has a purpose. I've been eating a lot of ice cream at night lately. I don't know what it is. But every single night except last night when I finished the tub and I ate out of the tub, I use a thing called an ice cream scoop. I don't know who invented the ice cream scoop, but whoever invented the ice cream scoop owned that ice cream scoop and created it to create nice ball, round balls of ice cream to fit in my cone or my bowl for me to enjoy. They didn't create an ice cream scoop to cut brisket. Like, that, that's not its intended purpose. That's what they created it for, is to scoop ice cream. And so right here, it says we are God's workmanship. We're created by God. He owns us. But then not only does he owns us, but God created us for a purpose. And that is the most exciting thing about a, a relationship with the Lord and a life with Christ. He doesn't say, awesome, you're saved. Now sit there and, and wait. He says, no, come along with me and participate in my ministry to reach people for my kingdom. He's created us for good works. And that's awesome, right? But then Paul, he's, he's, he like knows our selfish minds, probably because he's just like us. He adds this little phrase at the very end here just to clarify that it's not about you. And he says, these good works that you were created for, God prepared in advance for you to do. God prepared in advance these good works for you to do. And so, hey, maybe you get the urge to leave here and you're like, I'm going to swing through McDonald's and I'm going to pick up a Big Mac and I'm going to go find the first homeless man I know and I'm going to give him that Big Mac and I'm going to pray for him. That's awesome, right? However, God prepared that good work for you to do. God stirred in your heart this desire to swing through McDonald's and go find someone to bless with a hamburger. He worked and willed inside of you to do that. And here's a couple scriptures to back that up. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it says this, the end of 12, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fill his good purpose. Because it's not about us. It's about God. Hebrews 13, verse 21. Now may the God of peace, we'll skip this part, jump to 21, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom the glory be forever and ever. Amen. The God of peace, may he equip us, and not just equip us, but may he work 
in us what is pleasing to him. Because once again, the end of that verse, Jesus Christ, whom the glory belongs forever and ever. It's all about him. He's prepared these good works in us, and he works through us, through his Holy Spirit, to get those works done. Two more. Ezekiel 36, 27. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. I'll put my spirit in you to move you to follow my decrees. And John 3, 21. But whoever does what is true, that person comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that what his works are seen that his works have been carried out in God. Whoever does the good work, whoever does what is true, they don't do it in the dark, so they receive the glory for themselves. But they give the glory to God. They bring it to the light. Jesus is the light so that he might receive the glory. He's the one that carried out the good work. And so whether it's pre-salvation, the moment of salvation, or post-salvation, our life in Christ, doing the good works that God has prepared in advance for us, the point remains the same, is that it's not about Zach. It's not about you. It's all about God, that he might receive the glory. He might receive the honor. And it's all wrapped up at the end of verse 9. So that no one can boast. As, as human beings, we're special, right? We can look at creation and God created all these different things, but when he created human beings, he said we were very good. Yes, we're special. We can have relationship with Christ. But when it comes down to it, you individually are not special. God is special. Pre-salvation, the moment of it, post-salvation, it's all about Jesus that he might receive the glory and the honor. We, uh, we've been walking through the book of Ephesians. And as, as Coleman prepared uh, to walk through the book of Ephesians, and, and we tried to package uh, what this sermon series, if you will, through the book of Ephesians might be called, we landed on three words. Anyone know? Oh, I thought, oh man, I thought Jesus was up here too. Jesus and one another, right? Jesus and one another. I don't see you up there. My name's not up there. You's not up there. Me's not up there. It's about Jesus and one another. Because here's the deal. All through Ephesians, we see this. And if the goal is that Jesus might be glorified, that I wouldn't gratify the, the, the cravings of my flesh, as it talks about in the, the beginning of this chapter 2, but that I would glorify God in all that I do, two things must happen. And number one, we must understand that our salvation is of God. That I did absolutely nothing to earn it, nothing to deserve it, but it was a free gift offered to me, and that is the Jesus part right up there. And number two, I must realize that the gift of a, another day, the gift of another breath, 
is given that I might participate in the good works that God has prepared in advance for me. And that can look like loving one another, serving one another, praying for one another, encouraging one another, buying a Chick-fil-A chicken tray for one another. That's the one another's. See, it's about Jesus and one another. It's not about me. And those one another's are that I might love on fellow believers, but also that I might reach people for the gospel that the, the kingdom of Jesus might be grown. So that's where we land on today. It's not about you. It's not about me, but it is solely about Jesus. Let's pray.